This is Chris Benincasa for the Jersey Arts Podcast. The Grammy Awards are this weekend, and for the first time, a Westminster graduate participated in each of the five recordings nominated in the Best Choral Performance category. We recently spoke with five of the nominated artists about each nominated album. Carthage, Sanctuary Road, The Passion of Yeshua, Requiem for Fallen Brothers, and Once Upon a Time. Okay, why don't we start with a round of introductions, starting with Donald Nally. I'm Donald Nally, and I conduct um, a professional uh, new music choir in Philadelphia called The Crossing. And uh, I am also, I'm actually uh, in Evanston, Illinois right now in my studio at Northwestern University, which is my other life. And I, um, and we're going to talk about Carthage, I think, which is um, our CD of music of James Primash. Uh, hi, I'm Adam Lukey, and I am the music director for the Buffalo Philharmonic Chorus, and I also teach um, at the State University of New York at Fredonia, and I'm going to talk about The Passion of Yeshua uh, by Richard Danielpour. I'm Laquita Mitchell. I'm the soprano soloist for Poor Moravec's uh, Sanctuary Road, and uh, I'm a classical singer and also an educator as well, and I'm happy to be here. Uh, I'm uh, Benedict I'm Benedict. I'm Benedict Sheehan. Um, as you can tell, I I have a I I I do have a a a stutter when I speak. One of the hardest things for a stutter to do is to do the go around the room and say your name thing. So um, it's not your imagination, and I do it deliberately to get it to get attention. Um. So uh, I'm the artistic director of the St. Deacon Choir, which is a pro group in in Pennsylvania, and I also teach at St. at 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 Deacon's Seminary, and I work for St. for for St. Deacon's monastery, which is the oldest. Uh, it's the oldest. It's the oldest Eastern Orthodox monastery in the country, which is not that old. It's only founded in 1905, but it's as old as we've got. And we're here to talk about my, uh, I guess, the 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 Kostowski the Kostowski which my which my which my choir performed on. Hi, um, Chris Jackson. I am a professional choral singer as well as the director of choral activities at Muhlenberg College in Allentown, Pennsylvania. Um, and we're here to talk about Skylark's album Once Upon a Time, um, which also features Benedict Sheehan. Um, so we'll get a double dose of, of his work today as both a conductor and a composer. Um, but I also serve as the director of education for Skylark, so I, I field that um, that area for them as well. So the Grammys are this weekend. How are you all feeling? Fingers crossed. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, it's it's just it's it's just it's just really it's really it's really awesome to be to 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 even be in the category and to and and to have you know to have the n name of our group out there and have the work be 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 in the in the spot, spotlight so 
whether we whether we win or, or or not, I feel like it's already a big win. I agree. When I when I look at the list, um, I feel a sense of accomplishment just seeing the work that I've been doing next to um, the other members on the list. It's it's really it's really fun, and I think most people are genuinely um, rooting for their friends uh, that they see all all up and down the list. Um, so once you make it, you feel pretty good. And, and it's kind of, a, you know, you hope for the best, but you, you try not to put too much weight into coming out as the winner or not. Have you all heard each other's work that's been nominated? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to think. I think I've heard, I listened to everything, yeah. And do you all actually know each other? I think we all know of each other, like, pretty well. Yeah. Um, but... I don't think like we none none of us know and I I, I know Laquita the most and that's not a lot. <laughs> yeah, um, but she went to school with with my husband, so um, there's that connection. Um, but yeah, we I think that well you know like Westminster is a very unique place, right? You you could probably put anybody on the screen and be like, yeah, I kind of know them because they went to Westminster. <laughs> yeah, that's true. And the coral the coral world is 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 like that. Like I know. We all have common friends and common colleagues. A good, a really good friend of mine, you know, worked with Donald for a number of years. And so it's just, we know each other through association and we know each other's work through his reputation and things like that. Laquita, let's start with the track you sent us, Rain, from Sanctuary Road. I actually didn't really want to choose that, but I thought you have to put it, you know, send the track that you're actually singing a solo on. Um, coming from Westminster, I just I enjoy singing with friends, and I enjoy the camaraderie of it. And I would have chosen, uh, obviously, I would have chosen Rain, but I would have also chosen the choral piece. I believe it's number eight. It's called "I've Waited," and uh, it's and I, I I would have chosen that for another reason. But I chose Rain uh, because um, I guess it's what they call the 11 o'clock hour in, in show business. It's like the 11 o'clock hour piece. It's like we've come to the climax of the whole piece and um, it's not easy being the soprano and waiting the whole night and then you have to sing. So uh, I did the best that I could on this recording. We recorded for about four and a half hours on this day. We had about an hour and a half break and then we did the world premiere that night. So they used the actual live performance for recording and not what we recorded earlier. So you can imagine all of our, you know, we were looking at the CD like, what? We can't believe it. But um, I chose Rain because the, the character at this moment has been running for a long time. And it begins to rain. And she prays that the rain comes down because she knows that if the rain comes down, they, they, the folks that are hunting her, can't find or can't sniff or can't smell her. They don't know that she's out there, literally. The rain washes everything away. It's almost like a baptism, if you will. I, I think it's, a, it's beautifully written. It's certainly difficult to sing. And um, I think that it, it really symbolizes, I think, the whole feeling of the piece, of renewal uh, once, um, once the enslaved folks are no longer enslaved. And, um, and I'm happy um, to be a part of it. Okay, here is Rain featuring Laquita Mitchell.
Laquita, could you tell us more about Sanctuary Road, the Grammy-nominated album that track is from? Uh, Sanctuary Road is based upon the interviews by William Still. William Still was an abolitionist who was born in the state of New Jersey and uh, helped many, many enslaved uh, Africans attain freedom. He also is, everyone knows him, I guess, now in, in, in 2021 for being a help to Harriet Tubman. And even in the movie Harriet, we see William Still played by Leslie Odom, who sat down and interviewed all of these uh, enslaved folks. And he felt it was important that their experiences be documented. And I think um, I'm so grateful for him. And I'm so grateful for the history uh, that he's helped us uh, to attain because he said, I need to figure this out and I need to find out. I need the, I need the world to know what actually happened to these people. So it's based on the writings of, of William Still, and there's some really famous stories. The Henry Box Brown story is in the piece of the women who have uh, attained day passes and um, are going to a funeral, and they're lying, obviously, but they're getting to Philadelphia. Everyone is trying to make it to Philadelphia, and then on to Philadelphia, on up to Canada, which is where freedom was for, for us at that time. So. Uh, Paul Campbell did a fantastic job uh, putting everything together, and um, and I, I can feel as a singer, you know, I I'm I'm offered tons of new stuff. Can you look at this? Can you look at that? And when I looked at the music and I knew the historical accuracy of the stories, I felt it was something that I would like to put my name toward, and um, I'm so pleased and so happy that it, it's been chosen. All right, next up, Christopher Jackson. You sent us two clips from Once Upon a Time. Before we hear them, please tell us a little bit about them. Um, I felt like I had to send you two clips because the album, um, it is a storytelling album. Um, the title of the album is Once Upon a Time. And the idea behind the album was that we would, um, and, and I, Benedict, I'm going to talk about you a little bit if you don't mind. But through, um, we, we hired a professional storyteller um, who actually comes from a long line of storytellers. Um, her name is Sarah Walker. She is fantastic at what she does. She worked closely with uh, the director of the group um, and they came up with a bit of a libretto or a script for two classic tales, um, the Brothers Grimm version of Snow White and Hans Christian Andersen's telling of The Little Mermaid. And they developed this script and after they had developed it, um, they sent it to Benedict Sheehan and he came up with um, the equivalent of a story score to um, be composed as the story was performed. And so I needed to send you two clips because I felt like it was critical that you hear um, the amazing collaboration that happened between the storyteller, the group's director and Benedict in, in composing these, um, these scored sections. And then um, the group, interspersed into the stories things from across the choral canon so the the other selection that i played for you or that i chose for us to listen to um is a really famous selection robert pearsall's leia garland and um so the the moment that you're going to hear is when uh the dwarves in snow white um come back and discover that snow white has just eaten the apple and it appears dead um and what benedict did in this selection was to really subtly weave moments of Leia Garland, little snippets, um, it, melodic contours, not even direct quotes, 
but to weave it around the tail um, at this point, and then it flows very naturally into uh, Leia Garland. Okay, let's listen to a clip of The Dwarves Lament, followed by Leia Garland. The dwarves, when they came home in the evening, found Snow White lying upon the ground. She breathed no longer and was dead. They laid her upon a bier and all seven sat round it and wept for three days. Then they were going to bury her, but she looked as if she were living with rosy cheeks. They said, we could not bury her in the dark ground. And so they had a coffin of glass made, so that she could be seen from all sides. And they laid her in it and wrote upon it her name that she was a king's daughter. And now, here is some of Leia Garland. Next up is Donald Nally. Please tell us about your Grammy-nominated project, Carthage. Well, Jim Permush has written a lot of choral music over the years, and we, a couple of the pieces have been for, for me. And uh, the biggest piece on the, on the CD is a, a mass for uh, the day of St. Thomas Didymus, which is the Doubting Thomas. And it's a really great piece where uh, all this Denise Levertov poetry is um, put in juxtaposition against the ordinary of the mass. Um, it's a very questioning mass, uh, and it's a really monumental piece of music. More recently, he wrote this piece, Carthage, <clears throat> and it's based on a Marilyn Robinson text from her book, Housekeeping. And um, uh, when he wrote the mass, he knew us pretty well. And when he wrote Carthage, he knew us inside and out. Like it's so obvious, like he, he just is inside our voices. Um, and you know, it's a challenging piece to sing. There's a lot of corners in it. It's also very, very satisfying uh, and rewarding piece. The text is this amazing 
kind of rumination on desire and how desire to desire something is to is to in some ways already own it um and she finds all these different ways to say it that that like um to crave and to have is like a thing in its shadow um or when do we know anything really quite as intimately as when we lack it you know um which one of the reasons i chose this um track for this show is partly because i i really think it captures the cd but it also you know desire lack, lacking is something that we've all spent the last year kind of really dealing with um and imagining being with people that we love that we're not with and all this kind of stuff and it really resonates in a very interesting way um so so the cd is 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 all of this music it's three pieces he wrote for us and three pieces that he wrote for other people um and he's just a very like caring thoughtful and yet very virtuosic composer he doesn't he just he assumes everybody in the room is going to be like totally at the top of their game at every single second you know um, so recording this stuff is exhausting and awesome and also i just want to interject that uh so far i'm like batting a total 100% on choices of music because I would have taken I would have chosen Dwarves Lament and The Pearsall and Rain so <laughs> um, my scorecard's doing really well Adam, you're next. You also sent us two tracks. Do you want to choose one or do you want to talk about both? Uh, well, they they both sort of illustrate the, the range of the chorus. Um, the chorus, this, the, the work, the passion of Yeshua is a very traditional passion in the sense that the chorus is used in sort of three ways. Um, there are big opening and closing choruses, kind of bookmarks, and then the chorus gets involved in the drama. The passion tells the story of, of Jesus's crucifixion and includes all the characters, Pilate and Peter and Jesus and a narrator. And the chorus gets to be the crowd and yell, crucify him, crucify him. And then also um, one of the tracks I picked includes kind of the um, Richard Daniel Poor's sort of um, homage to Bach in that the, the original, uh, the Bach passions included chorale melodies or, or moments where the chorus kind of becomes more intimate and, and, and sings uh, more simply. And so um, there's some moments like that in the, in the Passion of Yeshua as well. Um, I also chose two tracks that include our, another Westminster alum, Timothy Fallon, um, who sings the dual roles, both of Peter and Pilate in this piece. Um, and so uh, the, the, the exciting thing for us, for, for this, this, um, this work was just the, the, the great range that the chorus got to do. We got to yell and scream in the cluster chord. We got to sing very intimately a cappella, um, quietly. And, um, and, and so that was, both of those, those of these tracks sort of illustrate how the chorus is, is used. All right, let's listen to Behold the Man first, and then we'll hear some of Kepha's denial from The Passion of Yeshua. Mm -hmm. 
went outside again to members of the Sanhedrin and a crowd that had gathered there, saying, You brought this man before me on a charge of subverting the people. I examined him in your presence and did not find the man guilty of the crime you are accusing him of. However, you have a custom that at Passover I set one prisoner free. Do you want me to set free for you the king of the Jews? And now here is some of Kepha's Denial from the Grammy-nominated Passion of Yeshua. Grammy-nominated album of the day is Requiem for Fallen Brothers, and Benedict, you chose the ninth track from this album, Osteus. Yeah, so I I chose track nine, uh, which which is the Osteus. So um, uh, the, 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 the 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 piece is by a not very well-known composer from Russia. Um, who is primarily a composer of, of religious mu- music, of basically music for 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 for, for, for use in the Orthodox Church, which is my background and um, and what I tend, you know, it's what I do primarily. Um, and uh, but 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 it's a really interesting piece, which was composed as a as a as a memorial for all the allies of the First World War. And so the composer Alexander Kostowski, in fact, began to compose it um, uh, in 1914, right as the war had broken out. And then he worked on it over the course of, of, of the next three three years, and he and he added mo- mo- new mo- 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 movements to honor d- 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 different members of the of the of the, of the allies that had joined. Um, and he draws on the religious mu- music of all the allies um, that that were that that had come together. 
Uh, so it's there. So there's certainly things from the from the Eastern Orthodox from the Eastern from the Eastern Orthodox tradition, but there's also Gregorian chant. There's American. There, there's American and English hymn tunes. There, 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 there is an Indian. I think uh, a hymn to uh, it's a hymn to to Indra. Um, there's a uh, it's I don't I, I, it's it's something from the Japanese tradition. I I forget what it's called, but um, and so he really he he weaves all these things together as an image of the, of of the, of the allies themselves as an image. Of the allies themselves that had come to to get together for 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 the for the for for the for the common good and 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 it's a really beautiful testament um, to in a sense to to a positive view of what World War One was. You know, it's not a positive thing, obviously. And we know a lot from like the Britain from 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 works like the Britain war the war requiem that uh, that war in, in World War in World War One in particular is a really awful, meaningless, just brutal tragedy. But what's what 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 we what what I think is what I think is interesting about what Kostowski tries to 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 do is understanding all that he still wants to 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 honor to to honor those that gave their that that gave their lives um, because and to say in some way although in the bigger context it was brutal and meaningless. It wasn't meaningless to you. It wasn't meaningless to 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 them, and I think number nine in particular is a really beautiful musical image of that sense of tragedy, and yet that that sense of kind of deep meaning to what to what they did. Into into how they how they how they how they gave their their lives. Before we go, I wanted to ask this group about life during the COVID-19 pandemic. It's been a year since it began. How have you all as artists weathered the COVID era so far?
I'm sitting here listening to all of you all, and I'm I'm in I'm in awe. I have no idea why I'm even in this box. <laughs> listening to all of you scholars speak about what you're doing. Um, my life is a bit different as a as a singer, but I also teach. I I teach um voice uh, at Brooklyn College and at Manhattan School of Music uh, for the pre college kids, and um, so I've been teaching um as uh, most of our con my contracts have been canceled due to COVID, but it's been an amazingly creative year for me. Um, I've been able to, I mean, last night, uh, one of the projects that I helped curate for Opera Colorado went virtual, as they say, and I created a, a program um, called The Promise of Living. And it is, it's Tom, che it, it's a double bill. Tom Chipolo's Josephine about the, the 30 minute one woman drama about the life of Josephine Baker. And I play Josephine. And um, and then I also curated a multi sort of media event called The Promise of Living, in which I sort of traced um, the history of African Americans here in this country using poetry, dance, song, and um, and it it was a complete success last night, and it's still up until March 14th. It's free uh, for you all if you'd love to watch with your kids and family and whatnot. Um, I, I've often said uh, that this year uh, proves whether or not you are truly um, a creator or not. Um, and I believe that after, I mean, I guess after the, the Spanish flu, we had what, the, you know, the, the, the Harlem Renaissance, we, we had all, all types of things happen after these horrible, horrible things that have gone on in history. And, and I believe that the creative juices have been flowing. And I think that there's been incredible ways that people have used this time to connect. And, and I feel more than anything, a need for connection. There's no way in the world that we could all sit back and not try to do something while we're closed down. That, I don't think that's the nature of true artists. I think you just you have to keep moving. And uh, even though we're, you know, we can't be around each other and can't sing, can't do whatever, but we have to find creative ways in order to be expressive. And um, I'm really, really grateful for this time actually off because I've grown to love what I do even more. I imagine that we all have like hours worth of stories. I think that's true. I think Laquita is correct in that, um, you know, it has invited us all to completely rethink and reimagine what we do and the way we do it and why we do it. And I know that's certainly true of me yeah. um, and rewired my brain a lot. So although I wouldn't really wish a pandemic on anybody so that I could like be a better artist, nevertheless, um, I think that's happening. Yeah, I agree with that. Okay, thanks to you all for chatting with us about your Grammy nominated work and best of luck to you all on Sunday. Thanks. It's great Thank to you. Good to see everyone. Bye, everyone. Have a great Bye, day. Bye, everybody. It's great to Bye -bye. meet you. Take care. Donald Nally, Laquita Mitchell, Adam Lubke, Benedict Sheehan, and Christopher Jackson, all Westminster Choir College alums and all 2021 Grammy Award nominees. The Grammy Awards ceremony will take place Sunday, March 14th. For more information, visit grammy.org. To learn more about Westminster Choir College, go to rider.edu. And to find out more about the arts in New Jersey, go to jerseyarts.com. I'm Chris Benincasa. Thanks for listening. The Jersey Arts Podcast is made possible by the New Jersey State Council on the Arts, 
supporting excellence and engagement in the arts since 1966.